listen, good morning to everyone and welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show. Watched exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm Coles Brown, joined by Charles Edmund, uh, guest co-host. Um, we may have to get him a contract ready and uh, see if we can lock him in for a few a few more times. <laughs> uh, but good morning, Charles. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing fine. The question is, you 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 got a break. You you and Roy Evans, who's producing today's show, uh, man, you you you're two of the busiest guys in sports. It is that time, you know, with basketball. We've had a bunch of basketball games on the road. This is the first time I've been at home in three weeks, I believe. From Wichita State, New Orleans last week, and I'm I'm finally at home. Uh, for a brief period of time, and then we're hitting the road again. We go, we'll be in your neck of the woods. We'll be in Baton Rouge for Lady Braves and LSU Tuesday. We play Wednesday, and the following week it's Oklahoma with the men before Christmas, and then after Christmas they play at Minnesota. Uh, we got a couple of women's home games, one on Monday against Tougaloo, so a little home action. But uh, I, I think you know this is a busy time, and it's been crazy in the SWAC with the new coaching hires, big win by Texas Southern and SWAC basketball. It is just a wonderful time to be a part of the Southwestern Athletic Conference on and off the field, on and off the court. There's never short of storylines. Well, speaking of those storylines, we're going to get into that. But first, of course, guest menu, Charles Edmund here, of course, on the Alcorn State Radio Net Network, guest co-host. Then following uh, Charles, well, we say following, but Charles will be with us as long as he, he wants to. We'll put it that way. Guess after with uh, Coach Robert Valdez. He'll join me, of course. Then following Coach Valdez will be Brandon B.J. Jones. And then the last guest of today's show will be the coach, Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama A&M. So topics we're going to discuss, of course, new coaching hires, Coach Dooley, can you say home is where the heart is? Welcome back. Welcome back, Coach Dooley, the 20th head coach in the Southern University football history. No stranger to the program. He has been selected. Charles, I guess the worst kept secret in, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, Black College Sports. Yep. I mean, we, we, we've been talking about it for weeks, right? We've been kind of tipping, tap dancing around it. You know, and I think, um, you know, we talked about it last week that they didn't hire a coach last week and you kind of figure they're waiting for preview season to come to an end. You know, so, I mean, if you just look at the timeline, you probably figure Dooley was already in, in signed, sealed, and delivered probably a while ago. Um, you know, we don't know that for sure, but just by the mere fact it was officially um, named the other day. And so you just kind of felt like that was already in the pipeline. That was, a, that was good to go. So no secret. I mean, so it's, you know, as they say, he's back at home again and um, he's got to hit the ground running because it's kind of two dynamics with Southern. You know, six months ago, we talked about this Jaguar team having a championship roster. Now, obviously, there's going to be some changes. There's going to be, you know, there's no more skeleton and you got to rebuild some things on that football team. Now you got to coach a different coach, a different mindset, different attitude, different way of doing things. So now you got a coach that just won the division. He's back at home. You know, he's familiar with New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and we'll see how, you know, Coach Dooley builds that football team. Because there's a lot of angst amongst the Jaguar nation, I would assume, 
because of what didn't happen this past season. So he's going to have to hit the ground running and he's going to have to win over fans right away because what we're seeing now, Carlos, not only at Southern, but at Grambling, but at Bama State, Tennessee State, and we're seeing it at Jackson State. You know, you and I are dinosaurs in a way. We want to get a coach in. We had that coach build a program in three or four years. They're going to turn the corner. I think those days are gone for right now. I think you want to win right now. Deion Sanders has proven that. Eddie George an improved season in his first season for what happened the year before. We'll see what happens at Bama State. We'll see what happens at Southern. But there's no more patience. You know, these coaches got to hit the ground running. They want to win right now. And I think Coach Sanders has proven, you know, in the spring he had a decent season to start, fizzled. But you see what he did in this full season here. So, you know, I think Dooley, the expectation is that, you know, Coach Eric Dooley's got to hit the ground running because the West is wide open now. Alcorn's going to have a new quarterback, a guy that hasn't taken any reps. You know, Felix Harper's no longer around. Grambling with a new coach. Who's going to be the quarterback there? Texas Southern. Yeah, you know, it looks pretty good, but we don't know. It's going to be a new coach at Prairie View. So it's, there's a lot of moving pieces on this Western side, Carlos. You know, who would have thought that a year ago that we would be talking about this? But this is where we are right now in the West. And you're looking at what are the best possible fits. And, and that's important when, you, when you're selecting a coach. Coach Banks talked about that. And, and you, you mentioned the word patience, which I've been known not to have. I think you would agree with that, <laughs> Charles. But I, I'm, I'm not the director of athletics. But I, I have to be patient now. And, and speaking of the Southern University roster, and, and reportedly Coach Dooley is, is, has his staff complete. And, and by the way, let me say this. Um, I will have Coach Dooley on the show next week, and we can really get into some in-depth discussions about his staff and, and, and coming back home and re- recruiting. I, I, I do know that he has hit the ground running. He'll be in the Louisiana Superdome tonight, like he was um, yesterday, scouting. And, and, and the thing about with Coach Dooley, Say if you're bringing in, for example, Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Jackson, who's the head coach at Grambling State. Congratulations to Grambling State on selecting their coach. Coach Dooley, and I think you, you kind of mentioned, Charles, he he doesn't have to really make any adaptive changes because he knows the blueprint. He's going to recruit Louisiana. That's going to be the base. He's going to recruit JUCOs. I've already seen that. With, with some of the offers he's had, he's going to go into the transfer portal. But the interesting thing that he's already stated is that you should use a transfer for, for portal, excuse me, as you know pieces of a puzzle. He's not going to overhaul the roster, of course, with a lot of transfer portal uh, players. But he's going to fit and put the pieces in. He's also going to go, like I stated, in the junior college ranks. And he also believes in building from recruiting high school student athletes and having them come in as freshmen and then make it to their senior year and then have a degree in hand, all of those things. So he's, he's not because he knows the landscape. I don't think that's going to be a, a, any adjustment for him. He's just now at another school and that, and that's Southern university. And so the staff, um, one of the staff members, I, I can say this, uh, on the former staff members under Coach Rollins, he reached out to me last night 
via Twitter. I had him on the show, Coach Grossi. He thanked me for coming, you know, for allowing him to come on the show. He wished me the best of luck as far as the show going into the future. And uh, I, I just, I kind of knew what had happened. And he's moving on. So they will officially, I guess they, meaning Southern University, have uh, Coach Dooley's staff, and they'll, they'll put that out officially. And we'll be able to see that staff. Because that's kind of tells a lot of the questions you hear. Who was retained? Was anybody retained from Coach Rollins? What, what happens to Coach Rollins? Will he be on the staff? And when you get a new coach in, from what I've seen, usually they'll maybe keep one person to kind of bridge between the two staffs. But they have a right to bring in their, their own staff. And, and Coach Dooley basically has it completed. The last I heard, he had one more hiring to make. And then that's it. But uh, yeah. Coach Dooley, and, 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 you know, if we look at the record, uh, he's no stranger to Southern, as he was on the legendary Coach Peach Richardson staff at Southern from 1997 to 2010. And as part of that staff, he helped guide the Jaguars to the 1997 in 2003, HBCU National Championship, and 1997, 98, 99, and 2003 SWAC Championship. So he knows the, the conference last season with Prairie View and them uh, making it to the SWAC Championship game. And also we're going to talk about that. I have some opinions on that ball game as well last week. And, and so, Charles, Coach Dooley, a good fit. Got to be patient. But I don't think, and I'm going to ask Coach Dooley next week, he believes that he could come in and win championships. But time will tell. Yeah, I mean, yeah, time will tell. And, and yes, I mean, he's brought there to take Southern to another level. But how long is it going to take before it gets to that next level? I think that's that's what we're looking at right now, not only at Southern, not only at Grambling, not only at Alabama State, not only at Prairie View, but across the college football landscape. You know, you, you see these enormous salaries that these coaches are making. Brian Kelly in your hometown making almost 10 mil. Lincoln Riley at USC making 10 mil. And, you know, the coaching salaries are going to go up, I believe, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Although from what I'm hearing, Carlos, it seems like it's kind of tapered off a little bit Maybe I pushed the envelope a little bit too much. I was thinking maybe four grand, four hundred thousand, maybe. I've heard that mm-hmm. at Southern. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm just saying, but the cost of business has gone up. You know, the stakes are higher now. But I'm glad that it's tempered down a little bit. You know, it's just always an opinion and conjecture. But you know, we'll we'll see what Hugh Jackson does at at, at my alma mater. But it's I think there's pressure. There's pressure to get it done right now. There's pressure to improve the program right now. You know, in terms of, it, you know, taking time, how much time? Two years, three years? You know, I think people are expecting the Jaguars to compete this year for the guy that you brought in. They expect, you know, Hugh Jackson at Grambling to get it done this year, especially coming off the Bayou Classic win. We'll see. You know, we'll see what Eddie Robinson is going to do at, at uh, Eddie Robinson Jr. is going to do at Bama State. So all I'm saying is this, the days of building a program three or four or five years now, I think people are expecting to see some semblance of a turnaround almost immediately. I think everybody knows that that's probably not possible, but I think in year two, you got to see something. 
you, you've got to have it pointed in the right direction in 12 months or else people are going to question you as a coach and question the hire. And I think you're talking about benchmarks as far as if you can see improvement. Hey, say the first year you go, and we're going to say a winning season, say the first year you go seven and four. Then the next year you want to see that increase a game or two plus get closer to the ultimate step. If, if, if you see improvement, then I, I think that will kind of help the fan base, fan bases. But, yeah, the pressure has gone up. You're right. You're going to have to – you're not going to have a five-year window to say at the end of year four and we look at year five, well, now we're ready for uh, a, a championship. You got to do it quicker. And what does the market bear? Speaking of that, and we're going to have fun, and we're going to have a little time out here. Southern University, you remember what I said? The standard contract was all for three years and a mutual four? Well, they went up by one. Coach Dooley, first of all, his base salary, and and we, we we haven't really seen it yet, the board, Southern University board, they had a board meeting Friday to ratify $310,000. So that's up. Remember, we were talking about what does the market bear? You know, there are going to be some changes. So $310,000, four year deal, four year deal. So, Charles, you're going to be happy. So you, 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 can't, be, you can't be fussing at me and want to debate about. Well, you got to give a coach four years. He got that. And then a fifth mutual year or an option. So I think you're happy on that. 310000 Now, what is the overall athletic budget for football? From what I've been told, and we'll, we'll get the numbers. That has increased as well because if you have a certain amount of dollars allocated and if the head coach is making so much, then it has to trickle down. What do you pay the coordinator? What do you pay the position coaches? Which I have stated publicly, position coaches who do a great bit of the coaching, they deserve to be paid more. So that head coach's salary comes out of an overall athletic budget. So Southern has provided more resources. So there you have it. So with that much given, much is what? Expected. Yeah. And so we, we, we will see. Um, Coach Hugh Jackson at Grambling State University also uh, hired yesterday, Charles, but we, we're going to hold our thoughts on that hire. We're going to take a quick timeout. And when I come back, I'm scheduled to be joined by Coach Robert Valdez, head football coach at St. James High School, former Southern University player. And, and, and we want to set it up this way. A lot of the former players that Coach Dooling worked with, student-athletes now uh, all grown up, they were happy with the hire, coming back home. And one thing we know about Coach Dooling, he's already been offering quarterbacks, receivers. Uh, area of need for Southern has been def- uh, excuse me, linebackers and also in the secondary. So the pieces are there for this team to do well. The foundation, just got to add some pieces. And 
Do you believe it should be a, a grace period for Coach Dooley? Should the Jaguar Nations be, be patient? How patient? Expectations. You still have high expectations. But one thing we will know, Dooley will be balanced. His offense will be balanced, and they're going to attack and stretch down Phil Charles. I feel like a, a, a kid in the candy shop. <laughs> it, you know, you're not going to be running the football 80% of the time and then sprinkling some passes. It's going to be if you're a boxer, either I can take you out with either hand. So I'm excited. I'm excited. We're going to take a timeout. I'm Carlos Brown, joined by Charles Eppman. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. I'll be right back. Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBNOnline, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. Are you on? Welcome back to this week's edition of the Colors Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Charles Epman, special guest co-host, and now our first guest, Coach Robert Valdez. I'm during the break, guys. I'm so excited. Offensively, going to tack down field. He's going to put the pieces in place, and he's going to be balanced in offense. Coach Valdez, can you calm me down? Just calm me down a little bit. How you doing? No, no, no. Coach? I, don't, I don't want to, man. I don't want to call you. <laughs> keep that energy. Keep that energy and keep it all keep it all year. And like I said, I think that when we talk about, you know, this, I think that is is, is a great shot of energy boost at the whole university. So you keep that. I, I will. Trust me. And, and, and I'm going to try to be patient. That's something I have to work on. That's one of my weaknesses. But um, Coach Dooley? Welcome back home, 20th head football coach at Southern University. You're a former player, student athlete at Southern University. I think it hits home coming back. And Coach Banks in his hire, talk about that. And then the reaction from maybe some of the 
former players that you played with, their reaction to Coach Dooley uh, coming back home? I, I just think as a home run hire, I think that is somebody that's, um, you know, very recognizable, has had success and uh, understands, knows the conference, knows the state of Louisiana, and of course, you know, has a lot of relationships at Southern University from when he was there, when he was coaching there. And, um, you know, so I just think that the former players, and for us, is someone that we know, someone that we feel that's uh, approachable, that's um, basically that, that, that you know, we can pick up the phone and call. And, um, you know, <clears throat> so it just is a buzz. I mean, it's crazy. This is crazy here in Louisiana with so much turnover in coaching. And I think that um, with this situation, it kind of keeps Southern – on the trend and, and the buzz, so to speak, you know, with, with the changes. Very interesting. By the way, I, I saw a picture of, of you on social media, the, 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 the Louisiana ties that are at different universities. Boy, right. they're swarming down to St. James High School. I wonder why. It must be a lot of talent there. I don't know. I think we got good food. I think that's they stopped by. They want to <laughs> Don't get Charles started. Louisiana is <laughs> No, we, got, we have a we have we have a pretty good group of kids, and um, you know, guys come by, and it's, it's, it's a lot of respect that was for the people before that laid the foundation, and the guys that are playing right now currently. Uh, you know, you, you look at look at Jason Dumas when he's doing that prayer. He's a St. James graduate. Uh, you look at Lowell Norseas, you know, Glenn Brown is a cornerback. At, you know, we got a lot of <clears throat> Sean Preston is at Mississippi State. Um, we got a lot of guys in school and a lot of guys that are being very successful at the next level. And, you know, I tell them, I said, you know, when, my only thing I ask is when you get there, make sure that they want to come back and get the rest. So um, so we, we've hit a very good mark right now where we are with our program. So um, I'm just excited and, uh, you know, privileged that those guys come back and, and, and take an honest look at our kids. Valdez and then uh, Charles will jump in with a uh, question or two. You mentioned, and I, I still have have people having conversations about when you came on a, a little while ago, and you talked about Southern University, and you didn't really see an identity with the Southern University football team. We've talked in the first segment about uh, with Coach Dooley and what he brings—an offensive genius mind. Um, if you look at Prairie View's uh, season, this past season and another season, they're balanced on offense, and he's going to stretch the field vertically. He's going to take down the field. Um, give us a, some more insight on what do you think offensively and defensively what Coach Dooley brings to to, uh, to Southern University? I mean, <clears throat> he he's going to basically uh, be a little bit more open. I think that uh, some of the things that we went through in the past were a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, uh, in a box considering our players and what we had. And I think as a coach, you kind of always got to be careful about that. You, you still have to be able to, to do some different things. And I think that with him, I mean, you know, I, I was I went to the game um, uh, last week and the first touchdown was on a double pass. You know, just think outside the box a little bit. Do some things to kind of uh, catch people off guard. Take some chances. Make defense have to – um, defend 53 and a quarter and 100 yards, you know, so I think when you do that and try to get people to make tackles in open space, and I think Coach does a good job of that, Dooley does a good job of that, and um, you know, so that that's something that you have to have in the swag. I mean, let's call it spade a spade. We have great speed in this conference. We've always had great speed in this conference, you know, so um, 
to neutralize that, you have to be able to make speed, make plays in space. And I think that, he, that his resume is good with that. And so we talk about identity. I think that, you know, now when you look at Southern moving forward with, with his play calling and with things that he likes to do, you can't just load the box up and just, you know, play the run and be able to play the play action pass and be able to, you know, bootleg and stuff like that. You're really going to have to – defenses are either going to have to show their hand, take chances, and defend the whole field. Oh, I'm so excited, Charles. Question number two for Coach Yeah, Yeah, yeah I just want to piggyback off of that. We know what Dooley has done in the past, that Grambling, working with Kincaid, we, we know about that. We know what he's done at Prairie View with that offensive mind. What about it with Southern University right now with the quarterback situation? There's no more skeleton. You've got McDaniel. How do you think he will fit into this system? And I'm sure Dooley's going to be looking at you know, bringing some quarterbacks in, you know, transfer portal or otherwise. How do you think McDaniel, because he's the guy right now, how do you think he would fit into that mold in terms of what Dooley likes to do? I'm a, yeah, I'm an old school guy, man. I'm telling you, you just can't put the same dress on two different ladies now. You got to customize <laughs> They ain't going to look the same. So you got to customize that dress a little bit and you're going to have to identify you know his, his strengths and you know what he can do, but understand that you're gonna bring a lady in that fit the dress the way you like. <laughs> oh, look, I'm here competition as well, uh, bringing in uh, right. guys because because I, I I've already seen some offers, and that's what you can do at this point. December right. 15th, the first day of the early signing period, and um, I think competition is a good thing, guys. I really do. <laughs> It is. I mean, I think that because what it does is, you know, the thing what competition does, it keeps you level and not only on the field, off the field and, and, and with your decision making, because, you you know, this is a lot of times, you know, everybody just looks at what happens on the field. But there's a lot with these young men, you know, off the field, you know, with relationships, with social lives, with all kinds of stuff. But competition is going to find a way to keep you grounded. Because you know that, man, like, I may not be able to go to the bar. I may not be able to uh, miss a workout. I may not be able to do these things that everybody else wants to do. I need, I got this guy pushing me. So, therefore, competition makes it, you know, um, I, I laugh because I tell, I was talking to one of my, um, one of my players, and I said, when we were, um, when, when I played with Coach Richardson, he first came in there, our practices at Southern were so hard that the games were easy. We had fights. I mean, we, you know, you can ask guys now. We would fight down there every day. But, the, but there was so much competition, and that's what, you know, what it brings. So, therefore, if you want to be successful, you got to be competitive, and you got to make sure that, you know, the guy sitting in the room with you that, man, this, he's going to push me, so I got to bring my best. Well, let, let me ask you this, Coach. Uh as a, as a former Jaguar yourself, we talked about it in a previous segment. What are your expectations for this upcoming season? I know it was a bitter taste to, to have the Bayou Classic to end the way that it did. Um, you know, because I had Southern winning the game because I, I just felt like, you know, the, the right. defense was good enough and Grambling just gashed them. But, you know, what is your expectation for Southern this year? I mean, is, is you think that there's pressure on Coach Dooley to hit the ground running, I mean, winning your big rival games, winning the Jacksons, beating the Allcorns, beating the, uh, the Gramblings. What, do you, what is the expectation that, that you have for Dooley in his first year? Well, I mean, I'm going to speak as a coach. I'm going to speak for myself as a coach. I think as a coach, the biggest expectation that I would like to see is, is consistency. I think that, you know, what we had 
um, last year. And again, like I said, I, I, I like Coach Rollins. I, I just think that we didn't have we didn't have consistency. Um, we couldn't stop. We cannot stop. Uh, if you want to run, we couldn't stop the run. If you want to throw it deep, we couldn't stop the, the, the deep pass. So we we have to be able to consistently defensively. It starts defensively. I'm an offensive guy, but it only you know, the best friend to an offensive guy's defense. So we have to be able to, in this conference with, with, with things that got going on, you, you got to be able to be consistent defensively. And I think that that's something that my expectation is that, you know, he's going to come in and you know, make sure that we play a little bit more sound defensively. And of course, offensively, everybody wants to you know open things up or whatnot, but you got to identify who, who, who you're going to get it to, who are the guys, you know? So I just, I think that it, 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 the expectation in Louisiana, period, no matter where you are, if it's park ball, uh, um, the South Baton Rouge Rams, all of them, they want to win. Everybody wants to win, and they want to win now. So he's got a lot of pressure to win now because he's, he's coming in with a lot of, uh, you know, success, and he knows the conference and all that. Um, so I, I just expect them to be a little bit more versatile on offense, but I would hope that defensively they play a little bit more consistent. Let me ask you, uh, both of you, this. And, and, and we've seen it, and by no ways I'm not trying to start anything, but we look and we've talked about in the first part of the show about being a good fit, duly in the conference. And then you hear this term, which I, I, I really now look at it, I don't agree with, recycle coaches. This puts me now to Hugh um, Jackson coming in at Grambling State University. And when you look at the pedigree for him, it's NFL uh, mostly. He has some collegiate experience. <laughs> when you look at the conference, there's always been transfers. We didn't call it transfer portals, but we talked Michael Hayes transferred from LSU uh, to, to Southern. Boy, I can't, my mind is going blank now of the um, – the cornerback that came or the defensive back from Florida state that came to Southern uh, university. Also uh, Mr. Jackson from Arkansas to Alabama state. So it's right. not like this is boom. It's just sit down in the middle of the room and it, this is new. It's always been new. Maybe now it's being more publicized than back then, but guys talk about how important it is to have a, a, a good fit. Does it automatically mean if you get somebody from the NFL who has NFL experience, it's going to automatically be a successful era for that football uh, program. I mean, I'll go first if you want me to. Um, I, I just think that all these everybody's is looking for that name that's going to spark excitement and interest. And I think that you know, when you look at Graham, I think that with Hugh Jackson being at Tennessee State, uh, last year, I mean, you know, and at this point right now where he's kind of just trying to, you know, finish, I call it, you know, so it's not recycled. There's no such thing as recycled. I think football, that we all still plays. We all still scheme. We all still different things. So uh, that's, that's to me, an armchair quarterback term. Uh, some people that are making those things, I mean, there's no such thing. I mean, you want experience. You want people that have been in that position. And mostly – you know, I think that these college coaching positions are, are are transcending to more CEO type guys. You know, to guys being able to to kind of treat it 
like a CEO and they, they hire quality assistant coaches and then the, the, the head coach sets the mission, sets the tone, sets the uh, expectation and the culture for the program. And then the assistants are the ones that are able to see it through. So I, um, you know, you look at, you know, Hugh Jackson over there. I mean, you know, I, I was funny because we were talking about it. Kids said they don't know who Hugh Jackson is. You know, so uh, Gremlins gonna have to rebrand themselves and be able to really put him out there, and so that um, they have a campaign to kind of get him to become a household name and whatnot. So uh, I think, but everybody that's looking for a fresh start is always looking for a spark. Yeah, I think it's I think it's two tracks. I think you're looking for that instant gratification with the name like Dion, like like Eddie George. And then the other track is you're, you're looking for a coach that can help propel these student athletes to help get them to the NFL. I mean, let's, let's, let's not, let's not deny that as well. Dion can probably help, you know, Jackson state players do that. Eddie George for sure. You Jackson, you know, so it, it, it comes down to those two tracks. If you're winning along the way, that's even a bonus. Dion's doing that. I mean, we don't know as far as the draft piece is concerned, it's still too early to determine that, but clearly what he's done in terms of winning and putting Jackson State back on the map, he's done that. And we'll see come April if some of these players get drafted. If that happens as well, and if they win the game next week, then they they hit a grand slam for sure. And I think for Eddie George, I think for Hugh Jackson being in the NFL, he's got those contacts. You know, you know there's going to be some three- and four-star players coming to Grambling you know, transferring in there because Hugh Jackson knows the NFL landscape. He can pick up the phone and call the GM right now if he wants to and, and get them on the map. So that's what this is all about. And a guy like an Andy George can can bring resources to Tennessee State because he's been in Nashville. He was a successful businessman in Nashville. If he can get some of his partners to donate to Tennessee State, that's going to help Tennessee State. That's going to help Eddie George. That's going to help the football program. Same thing for Grambling. So I, I see where it's going. It's a little bit of a shift. Yes, you can win along the way, what Dion is doing now. But if those players, some of those players get drafted, then that, that's a slam dunk for Jackson State. And it's and it's and, you know, we're in a copycat conference now. Let's not there's there's no secret about that. What Dion has done is success. That's the reason why I think Hugh Jackson's at Grambling. That's the reason why I think Eddie George is at Tennessee State. And that's the reason why I think Eddie Robinson Jr. is at Alabama State. Because I, I don't know if Dion was – if he wasn't successful, I don't know if we would see this. But because he is, this is what we got. So we'll, we'll see what happens as we go from there. What's Prairie going to do? Is Prairie going to – you hear Kevin Sullivan's name mentioned at Prairie View. Don't know if that's going to happen or not. But Prairie View might be, you know, taking a sneak peek at some of these other coaches and these other venues to see if they can pull off what Jackson has done – or what, uh, or what some of these other teams have done as well. This is interesting because I guess what's good, and, and congratulations Jackson State, what they've done. Coach Sanders, uh, in the fall season, he turned that team over via the transfer of Porter. But right. what works at Jackson State may not work at other places. And, and I guess I'm still old-fashioned. I understand. I see what is, what's happening. It's now the trend to get that big name. But I still like the old-fashioned way. And I don't think it's going to go away. I think it's a trend now to those big names. But it's got to be, I'm going back to the guys, it's got to be a, 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 a good fit. And 
that's what I look at. And of course, win and help student athletes get in the position to win. So am I hearing it's just all about uh, the big splash and, uh, and the big hire and going and getting players to the NFL? Is that the major thing I'm, I'm hearing? And then getting the student athletes in position to get their degrees, that's secondary? Wow. I think along the way, I mean, I think in, in, I mean, in order for you to do that, you have to remain eligible. So I think you can't have one without the other. So, I, I mean, to answer your question, yes, I think that's where we are right now. Will it, will it revert back to the way it used to be? Maybe, but not right now. I mean, it's about winning right now because if you fall too far behind, people are going to boat race you. And, and that's, I mean, you can see in this conference what has happened. Look at Mississippi Valley, Okay. They won three games, and there was some talk about Coach Dan. He, Coach Dancy, he did a great job, you know, in keeping that thing together because it could have won off the rails, you know, after they lost three in a row at home. But he kept it on the tracks. He's going to be back, and so you keep it stable to keep yourself from falling further behind, even though you only won three games. So I think right now you're just trying to keep keep things stable, and if you can get a name that can help elevate your program financially and in the media, which Jackson State has done as well as the other stuff, then you you hit a home run. And so far, they've done that. I think bringing Dooley home has done – it will do that, I think, if he can elevate Southern. I think if Hugh Jackson can do that at Grambling, I think it's a win for all these schools. And I think eventually it'll be a win for the conference. And I think that's that's the other part of this too, Carlos, I think it gets lost. You know, we are a member of a conference. We're not 12 independent schools. I think sometimes on social media we act like we are. We're not. If we didn't have the swag by our names, we wouldn't be in the Celebration Bowl. We wouldn't be right. going to the NCAA basketball tournament. So we, we need to kind of come together more. I know there's a lot of venom out there on social media for other schools and their success or lack thereof. I hate that. It's disappointing. But, you know, I think if we all do well, I think we all will benefit from it. Charles, that was a great word usage. Venom, really? I caught that. You know what I'm saying? I caught that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is. I mean, I, 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 there's no. I mean, it, it is. It is a lot of the word. I think it's appropriate if you just follow follow all the stuff on social media. There's a lot of hatred out there. Trust me. There's a lot yeah. of hatred, and I, I think venom is the appropriate word. If it gets the message across, so be it. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. It is. I mean, and and but to piggyback on that, the national attention now that the conference is getting when you when you do bring you know and not HBCUs but the swag as well when you have a Dion and you bring in a Hugh Jackson you know who's been an NFL head coach <clears throat> you know you you're now getting more more national attention on the conference and I tell people we know we've always known what special things we have in swag and things that you know we how you know important the diehards are to football here um but now the nation gets a chance to see it a little bit because of the names and the people you're putting in place uh those people like i said you you got three nfl guys now in the swag and of course they're going to carry a little bit more media attention other than just their local markets well put me down for again what's the best fit and i understand and and and, and coach Dooley was talking about this is nothing new. What you're seeing now is being more publicized, but they all, they've all, the conference, it it just didn't start, you know, last year. 
They've always right. had they've had quality coaches, quality athletes. Now it's just more of you know the stories being told a little bit more. Right. With with that being said, so when they meet in the in the first Bayou Classic between uh, Hugh Jackson <laughs> and, and and Coach Doolin, to me Coach Doolin doesn't have to prove himself, but I think he's going to be fired up with the matchup, you know, with someone who's, I'm sorry, I still think of him as an NFL coach, more so than a collegiate coach. Am I I wrong for thinking that way? No. Because, I mean, that one year at Tennessee State, his pedigree is is a pro game, and, you know, so I, I think you're totally correct. And I think coaches are competitive as well. You know, they're not per se on the field playing at the time, but they're, they're going to be competitive. And and this just always leads me, and I understand what trends mean. I understand what marketing means somewhat, branding somewhat. But I'm still always going to be the voice for coaches that have paid the process and they want an opportunity to be a head coach. Let's not forget about those those guys. Yeah. You know, perfect example. You know this, uh, Charles and Coach Valdez. You know, when you're coming out and, and from co- from college to, to uh well from high school to college, I use the analogy, Dalton Hilliard and Gary James, right? Gary James was what, a five star? Mm-hmm. Dalton Hilliard was not. Who had the better collegiate career and NFL career? Oh, no doubt. Don't no, hear it. I mean, no doubt. I think that when Gary James got to SMU, he topped out. Man, Don't forget just... about the, the, the coaches that uh, paid the price, and those opportunities get cut away. But it's the university decision to go that route if they want to. But just don't forget well, about the guys. That goes back to what we were talking a little bit before air, though. And I, and I guess it's, it's a segue. Um, who's controlling the narrative and, and hiring coaches has a lot to do with that. Because if, if you're just, you know, if you have football minded people with experience in football, then yes, they're going to understand your point exactly. But if you just have people that basically are, you know, just kind of in you know, the, the, the white collar guys that are, you know, the ones that have the power to make the decisions, of course, you know, they, they're, their thinking is going to be a lot different. And so what's happening right now is that, you know, you look at athletic administration and, you know, who who's in those seats? Who are the guys that are making the decisions uh, for that, that specific job? If you look at their background, it'll probably tell you a lot about the decisions that they made and that they're going to make. Right. Follow up, Charles, and then we'll move on to another topic. Uh, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I do think for Hugh Jackson, I don't think he's just going to load up Grambling staff with a bunch of former NFL coaches. I mean, I'm a Grambling Knight myself. You know, I'm supportive of the hire. Uh, but I, I do think he understands the landscape of where he is. I do think he's going to get some collegiate coaches with experience and maybe a couple of Grambling Knights in there as well. I wouldn't be surprised if one or two uh, from that staff remain on Hugh Jackson's staff, which is a good thing because you need that continuity every you know, Brian Kelly, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley, they all need continuity. And, and if you keep a coach or two on that staff, that helps with the continuity. I think Hugh Jackson will do that. I think Dooley will do that. And I think that's a good thing to help in the transition. 
What's the number? One or two? Coach Valdez, that coach, and that's an interesting point, which I'll say with um, Coach Dooley. Now, the running joke is no offensive coordinator because who's going to be the coordinator, offensive coordinator? Coach Dooley. Oh, because Dooley, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you should know that. You should know that. That's almost like saving money by switching to Geico, you know what I'm saying? You get a two for one. Yeah. You get a two for one because, you know, he's he's going to call it. And it, like I said, he's supposed to because he knows what he wants and uh, he knows how to set up what he wants. So, I mean, uh, it's going to be a good – it's, it's going to be interesting to see how I, – I saw a picture not too long ago uh, with, with Coach Jackson that came down and visited my friend at uh, Scholarville. And uh, John Simon and uh, Chris Scott were on already with Grambling shirts. Uh, so yeah, on the staff. Those, those are two, you know, local – college recognizable guys, you know what I'm saying? So they're moving, they're moving a little bit fast trying to, you know, get, get their people together and in line. And uh, John is a good friend of mine. And Chris is another one that, like I said, that I, you know, his dad was uh, played and coached me at seven and all that. So uh, that should be interesting. Uh, very well. I was going to make that point. Yeah. John Simon. Yeah. On the staff. Um, Jackson state defeats Prairie View and them in, Guys, my main take from this ball game was, and you don't want to call out a person because Coach Dula took responsibility for it, but I thought pass just had happy feet. I saw on several occasions, three, receiver basically had beaten the DB, and you just couldn't get the, the you know the pass there. I thought Prairie View defensively did a did a great job if you look at it. Um, they did well, but missed opportunities. And uh, Mr. Paz didn't have one of his better games. And uh, they lose 27 to 10 to Jackson State and uh, Jack State swag champions. Now, for more of the X and O's, I'll go with the Coach Valdez and then wrap it up with Charles. I, I went. I went to the game. <clears throat> um, like I said, I had, a, I had a free day, so I got a chance to go. So, uh, But, I, no, I think that – you're correct, but the one thing I got to say is that that front for Jackson State is real, man. And and for that quarterback, he's sitting in that pocket, and it's like the house of flying daggers, and <clears throat> they're coming. You know, they're coming. I saw Jackson State uh, be very, very confident in playing man-to-man. And, um, you know, sometimes they they did miss – they miss it. Uh, a couple of times they missed a tight end on the seam down the field. Um, I just think he, he had a hard time setting his feet. Um because there was such a there was such a rush, and they 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 played very very well. <clears throat> I think one of the major plays of the game was when Prairie picked uh, Jackson off because Jackson had a chance to put it away real early, and they picked it off defensively. Played very very spirited. But I think when you play a team like Jackson with the kind of guys that they have, if you're not really scoring, you can't continue to make the mistakes. It was that you know the kickoff return real yep, quick? Ninety one yards. Ninety one yards totally took you know took the air out of you know, whatever momentum you had. Um, so those guys, you know, are very athletic. And so I, when you look at the game, I saw when the quarterback really started getting a little bit frustrated and, and, and things of that nature because um, they really just couldn't make the plays and were not, and, you know, and then, I mean, Jackson is, I mean, they're, they're, they're ball hogs, man. They're, they're coming. They're coming. And uh, that's just how they got them and that's how they got them training. You know, we talk about draft picks. That that defense tackle number nine nine for Jackson. Now, if he don't get drafted, this this uh, is a farce because that that guy, you know, he he can 
totally shut down his side. Um, so, yeah, I just think that the prayer view had to, you know, capitalize on the opportunities, you know, because, you know, Jackson is a play away from, you know, making big plays. Yeah, Charles, if you look at it, to, to Coach Valdez's point, you take away the, the, the kickoff return that changed momentum, and then the pick six, that's 14 points that was scored right. by someone other than the offense. This game is much closer. I still right. say Prairie View defense, and, and, and particularly their pass defense, because Jackson State loves to pass it, although they start, right. they were smart. They started running it right. because Prairie View had to try to take away something from them, their main cause. But you take away those 14 points, it's a much closer right. ball game. Yep, it is. And, and, you know, we talked about it last week, you know, special teams. You know, special teams, we talked about it, and Jackson's terrific with that. You know, right. you cannot fall asleep with them on special teams on punt kickoff returns. Jackson State won a SWAC championship game despite their quarterback going eight for 16 passing. And even <laughs> Deion Sanders, Coach Sanders said it, you know, Shadur wasn't that great, got to do a better job in blocking for him. You know, and he didn't do that well. But that right. you can win a championship with defense, and and I agree that I mean I watched them a few weeks ago. That defense just gets after you; they harass you, and they keep harassing you. And I right. think Coach Sanders is pretty confident that hey, if we score twenty one points, it's over. He said yeah, after the game, said that, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you score twenty one points, we score twenty one, that's it, lights out. And he's and he has been correct. He held Southern under that. He held Alcorn under that. He's held a number of teams under that. So he he's he's right about that. But, uh, you know, for Prairie View, you know, their margin of error was was really small. Um, you know, pass was not that great. And, you know, you just wonder mentally, I mean, you know, aside from the X's nose, you just wonder, just, just doesn't seem like Prairie View the last few weeks of the season really had it. You know, they struggled to beat Bama State. They struggled against Alcorn. They struggled against Valley. You just wonder the last month of the season, was Prairie View really there? I mean, we see now their head coach is gone. But, uh, you know, congratulations, Jackson State. They do just enough in other areas to beat you. Now the question is, with the, in the biggest game of Shadur Sanders' life, will he step up on the national stage? He's just a freshman now, so you know you're going to get the good, the bad, and the other stuff because he's a freshman. And he has not, I, in my opinion, he has not been the Shadur Sanders we saw against Alabama A&M in which he was terrific. Ever since then, it's been kind of push and pull. Right. As long as they guys, as long as they have that defense, <laughs> offense can have an off 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 game or off half, off quarter, and it, it, it keeps them in, in in the ball game. Um, last but not least, transfer portal causing colleges to discuss revising the recruiting calendar that will place more attention on transfers and current rosters immediately after the regular season. In a nutshell, December 15th in four days, early signing period, right? They're talking about the committee, oversight committee. They're talking about moving it back to January. Coach Valdez, you know about the recruiting process. You think it happens? Um, Right now, to be honest with you, it's so convoluted, to be honest with you, with, you with all these dates and time lines, you have the early signing period, December 15th. You have the regular signing period, first Wednesday in February. You have the transfer portal, which, you know, now there's no such thing as transfer portal, guys. A guy can just transfer right now. There's no, there's nothing keeping kids from transferring. 
You know, so what they're talking about doing is trying to streamline it to say that this is a period. This is a period. We're going to do this from this point to this point, and then we'll shut the window. You know, we'll shut the window down um, because it's and it's it's crazy because what, right now what you have coaches coaches are recruiting the portal, coaches are recruiting rosters. It's, it's poaching to a certain degree. So you you have you have a lot of that going on and. And so you have a kid that, you know, we, we're really not building tough-minded people with this because the minute that you just get, no things don't go your way, I'm leaving, you know, and that, that's not real life. I, I, don't, I don't think that, I think that with these schools and the resources that they have in place to recruit you, I think that if they're going to give you an education and pay for you to get an education, you should be able to just tough it out and do what you have to do. And if you know what, if you're not cutting the mustard, then you got to work harder to get on the field. It is what it is. Unless there's a specific hardship situation where something's happened that is beyond the scope of academics and athletics, you know, then I would say, yes, you can, you know, you can be granted uh, transfer and stuff like that. But right now, these guys are just transferring because, um, you know, man, I ain't getting my five carries, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, or I, I, I'm not throwing the ball enough or whatnot. So I, I'm, you know, I, I guess I, I guess I'm old school on that aspect. I think that you know yeah. you, you should not sign with a school for the coach. I think you should sign with a school for the school because the coach can change the school or not. I think that you know you have to understand that, <clears throat> but it's hard because it's totally you know I got a kid, I got a young man right now that's on his visit to University of Alabama. You know, and this thing about how how hard that's going to be when he gets back down to Vashree and then he's, you know, he's signing on Wednesday, you know, so, you know, and, and he's the last two weeks he's had home visits from a who's who and anybody. So I just think it's a lot of pressure, but I just think that right now we're not really teaching these young men how to be, you know, how to, how to have coping skills and how to be mentally tough. Have a follow-up um, after Charles. Yeah, I, I think it, this was, this was gonna. I think it's gonna pass because yeah. it was just a matter of time before something was gonna happen. I mean, there are more players in the transfer portal than there are positions on the football field if you add if you add it all up. Uh, and and I think we can use one example of how the portal worked to the kids' advantage, and that was Devontae Kincaid. You know, he he, he was from he's from Dallas. He wanted to be close with his grandmother. He left Ole Miss. He went to Grambling. I mean, that's a circumstance where it was a family situation. Uh, right. But you know, I think that. At some point, you're going to come to a point of no return. I think we're at that point now with so many players leaving for so many different reasons. And some of them aren't going to make it. Some of them aren't going to land anywhere. And you kind of feel sorry for that. You you kind of feel sorry for that kid if that happens. You hope it doesn't, but the numbers indicate that it will happen at some point. And so you, you knew that this thing was going to get closed off at some point. It was going to be streamlined at some point. And here we are. So now I think players will have to be very careful and judicious in terms of why they're leaving and the reasons and all of that, because you might not land anywhere. And that, and that's a sad situation, especially for good talent that we're seeing right now. Well, what we've talked about the quick fix, you got to win right away. Going in that transfer portal. And, and that's why I think you see some coaches utilizing it a lot. Some utilize it where they pick and, choose certain ones that have to be a good fit but it's going to be interesting to to follow it so you guys believe it's they're going to move it back to 
That's what I'm hearing to January. And Charles, I wonder what the percentage of the signings. I would say still the bulk of the signees are signing in February. You agree? Well, I think it depends. The your power five guys, your 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 I guess national mm-hmm. recruit, um, you know, because they, they're gonna those are gonna be the ones that sign early. The bulk of the guys, which is the middle of the road guys, and you know the guys that are, you know, cause they're all good football players, but they're not as high profile by these rankings and all that. We're still signing February. You have a now this year is going to be a little different because there was so much movement. I mean, this is so much uh, movement in coaches that. Some of them haven't established time, you know, to be able to recruit the kids. And some of the kids now, if they know that they're really on that level, they can take a time and wait. But what the pressure is, and we see it, I'm not going to lie to you, is that these coaches are telling these kids, we only have so many scholarships available. So, you know, you need to jump on it now and, you know, before we run out. And so I just don't believe, I don't like that policy. But, you know, that's that's kind of the pressure, the undue influence that's being put on a lot of these kids to hurry up and sign early. Like, hey, we need you to get here. We want to get you here in January. Um, we want to do this and all that. want to make sure because, hey, you know, we're recruiting you and we're recruiting John Doe out of uh, Texas and all that. So, you know, whoever inks first, you know, that's what we're going to go with. It's, it's like selling a used car. And, and, and I'll say this, Carlos, this is, this is definitely the case now. There are coaches that openly are admitting that they're holding back scholarships because mm-hmm. they're looking at the portal to, to pull right. players from the portal. And that that's unfortunate as well because you got 63 football scholarships. There's some coaches that might hold as many as 10 scholarships right. to see what's in the portal. So that's 53 guys. So the competition is there and, and really the race to sign some of these kids. Hey, you got this amount of time. If you don't sign, we're moving on. So I think that that makes the pressure on all sides, on the kids as well as the coaches. You know that that makes it even more so now. Yeah, uh, uh, guys, I'm looking at some comments. Um, Troy says Southern is not that far off. Tweaking is required. Troy also wants to know, and I guess I direct this to Coach Valdez. Will we see the quarterback under center sometimes? Finally, hmm. <laughs> Coach, do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't. I didn't see one last week. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. Well, hey, you're being honest. Uh, G. Boom says, I'm not on the Sumlin train. He's a Prairie View. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I have to be, be careful. But, guys, I just see Sumlin. And, and you hear that, you know, his people have been reaching out to different uh, HBCUs, colleges that have openings. But I'm going back again. It's got to be a right fit. To me, I just see him more in the uh, as a power five or group of five coach. I, I think, and it's just me saying it, so if you get mad, you want to direct it, hosebrownstow at gmail.com. <laughs> I just can't see him at – at, at an HBCU. That just don't seem like a good fit. But, hey, that's just my opinion. That's my well, opinion on that. Well, you know, you, you know why his name has come up for that job. He was at U of H. He was at Texas A&M. Right. You know he probably is still around the Texas, that, that area. He doesn't and need the Ari- money. And Arizona. And Arizona, and, yeah. And I will say that he got fired from A&M 
in Arizona. So yeah. we all have good points. We all have bad points. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, but I think it's the big name. Once again, the big yeah. name. Well, if they should fire Jimbo, then Jimbo's had a worse record than him. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, hey. put it out there. I mean, you know, I. I mean, but just think about what would that make? That would be that would be to me. I'm sorry, I'm not because he may be a power five guy. Want to be a power five guy, but I mean, that would be that would interject some energy into that area of prayer view with those alumni because I mean that that's a guy that they feel to believe that recognizes the area, and that's one of the biggest things that you know was a knock with some of the uh, prayer view people that Dooley was getting too many New Orleans boys in there, you know. So um, so yeah. now you. It's all Texas, huh, Coach? Yeah, you get a chance <laughs> to cake and eat it too. You know what I'm saying? If you if you, if, if that's the route you want to go with, uh, you know, like I said, uh, but you're gonna have to hire somebody. But you got to keep up with the Joneses nowadays. Well, well I, I, I'll put it this I'll way, and, and me and Coach Valdez officially disagreed first time, maybe the second time. <laughs> that's good. I, I I like that, but I'll end it by saying this guy's better at Prairie View. Then at Southern, not a good fit but, to me. Yes, not Southern wasn't good. Go ahead, Charles. You about to say something? Oh, well, well, you know, I think I think with Sumlin, I mean, I just think with some of these coaches, it's not about the money. With some right. of these coaches, it's about just getting back in the game. Kevin Sumlin had a big buyout in Houston, big buyout at Texas A&M in Arizona. He doesn't need the money. He just wants the opportunity. You you can't buy yourself a coaching job. Somebody's got to hire you. And I think that that's you know he's looking at that opportunity get back in the game, build his portfolio back up. Maybe he'll get another gig after that. So, you know, I, I get it. Um, I understand why his name's come up for Prairie View. Will it happen? I don't know. I've heard another name. I've heard K.J. Black's name mentioned, you know, there as well. So there's, you know, I, I think that will be a good fit, you know. And, and then you, you hear some of the Jackson State assistants, their names have come up for maybe at Prairie View as well. I don't know. But I'm just Looking saying. Looking for that. an opportunity. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're gonna, you and again, they have a right to do that. But if, if, if it's going to be big names who have, who don't have one ounce of HBCU in them, I'm talking about as far as the coaching and stuff. Even when they were playing, they didn't. In most cases, that wasn't one of the um, list of of schools that they wanted to go to. But you know. T.C. Taylor. I know for a fact, yes, he wants – they've prepared themselves. Give him a shot. Coach Valdez eventually. Well, you see, I'm throwing Coach Valdez there out there. <laughs> um, you know, he needs the opportunity. But if all of them are taken by big names – okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox on that one. All right. Okay. You're good. You're good. You're right. I mean, I, I, I think there are a lot of people – that and I'm in agreement with you, but I think what we're looking at right now, I mean, the reality, we all have our opinions, but I think the reality is it's about right here and right now. And we know Coach at Jackson State, Coach Deion Sanders has kind of set that bar, and everyone else is just kind of going along with that to see if it works. If it doesn't, then I think we can revert back. But right now, that's that's the that's the copycat thing. That's that's the hot thing going right now. Monkey see, monkey do. You remember that growing up? <laughs> Let me stop before I get in trouble there. Uh, <laughs> Coach, Coach, Coach Valdez, oh, one, one last thing. Uh, high school championship, Southern Lamb. Uh, send me, uh, disagree, 
this you disagree with me email but i thought it was gonna be <laughs> tough they were able to pull it off and i'm here now. zachary Hyde is trying to bring yeah. a title home catholic high the the high school playoffs your, your, your thoughts well, that's why I said I'm here now, uh, and like I said, we uh, I was there yesterday, and I'm here now. When I leave from you guys, I'm going over to the dome, um, and I just uh, I saw you know a Southern Lab team, man. They, those kids, they're some good looking kids now. They're doing a real good job. They look like the old Southern Lab. Um, and the Washtenaw Christian, oh, yeah, Washtenaw Christian always one of those tough teams. Um, you know, hard nosed, but man. Uh, I mean, Southern Lab really could have just blew the door open, you know, but they did a great job and, you know, they, they got some special kids and uh, they did what they're supposed to do. You know, they, they like Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. And uh, they came out and took care of business. Uh, had some real good games yesterday um, as well. I think that one of the games that I'm really happy for Coach uh, Antoine at Westgate, uh, the young brother won his first state championship for that school, first time going, it, you know, sucks for um uh, Warren Easton because they they've been here so many times and just can't get over the hump. But man, I was a that was a real real big football game. Uh, at the end, it would you know it was it was they a monster goal line stand um, to win the state championship. Um, so like I said today, we um, the big one is uh, Zachary and Ponchatoula, and um, so it's going to be it's going to be fun. I, I saw Zachary last week against Destrehan. I thought they were very very fast and athletic. So. Uh, I'm here and I haven't seen Ponchatoula, so it should be some good football. A lot of great talent. Um, the state of Louisiana is very healthy. And like I said, I'm, the, I'm on the board of the Louisiana Football Coach Association, so we're very proud of the health of football. And that's why, you know, a lot of people want to come down here and, you know, take what we have because um, our state's very healthy. So we're very, very excited about that. Um, oh, boy. Quickly. Mm-hmm. Willard says, ask Coach Valdez his thoughts on the issue layoff quarterback. He has a very live arm. He's going to play somewhere, I think, collegially. Yeah, he's, he's very good. And I think that, you know, Coach Osbury being a quarterback, pedigree, bought and raised him well, taught him well, so to speak. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, you would want a guy a little bit taller. But, I mean, I think he has a very, very good arm in the system that they run. It's very college-friendly with, with, with his reads and the things that he was able to stay. You know, he was able to read the zone coverages and he was able to identify uh, the rolling and take the shot with the man-to-man and, and the man-beaters. Um, so I, I definitely think that there's there's a spot for him to play. I think that I don't know what level yet. Depends on the needs of the team or whatnot. Um, but he did a very good job of you know managing the game yesterday. He, and he runs very well. So uh, I was excited to see him. Well, Coach Valdez, we appreciate the time. And uh, uh, I don't know, Charles may be on the phone to Coach McNair. I've seen Coach McNair offer some Louisiana kids. Hey, everybody's <laughs> in Louisiana. Uh, I, I, they're coming. I like co- they're coming. Huh? Yeah, they all like coming. Co- <laughs> yeah, I, I like Coach McNair, uh, Coach Asbury, and Charles Bishop, two of my favorite. I'm not going to say only Jackson State uh, alums. But, uh, they're, they're, they're nice guys. I always got to poke fun with the Jackson State people. Uh, until next year. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I. I've, I've heard Jack State's rolling off the schedule. They'll play some kind of way. It may be non-conference. I don't know. But um, Coach, uh, tell Coach Dula hi. He's there. He'll be roaming around if you see him. Appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk again real soon. All right, guys. Y'all take it easy, man. Be good. All right. Appreciate you, sir.
All right, that was Coach Robert Valdez, head football coach at St. James High School and former Southern University student athlete. Charles, we are overdue for a timeout. I'm scheduled to join BJ. BJ, I lost BJ last week in that massive crowd at Jackson State, but we'll get a start on that game. Coach Dooley, Coach Hugh Jackson, and um, by the way, uh, G. Boone says PV had over 50-plus Texas players on their team. Yeah, I think it was balanced, but we did hear from the Louisiana side that some of the uh, PV alum didn't like that many uh, Louisiana players on the roster. But, hey, he recruits what he knows, you know. So, and by the way, we, we talked a little bit about it, but PV should be making an announcement pretty soon, Charles. Um, yeah. And whoever it is, just like Southern and Jacks, uh, um, excuse me, Hugh Jackson at Grambling State, you got to support the hire and yeah. you get you get behind them. You know, you have your personal preference, but hey, we're not doing the hiring. The yeah. director of athletics are and the committees. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, you 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 know Grambling's AD pretty well. You've had him on. This is his first big hire, and so he wants to make a big splash. Yeah, Dr. Scott wants to make a big splash, as well as President Gallo. So, I mean, we'll see Hugh Jackson, I think, again. He's got the contacts with the NFL folks. He can pick up the phone and call the general manager of any NFL team right now if he wanted to. And so he he knows what it takes to get these kids to the next level. I think he's going to hire a really good staff. And, uh, you know, Gremlin's got some work to do. There's some talent there. You you don't know if Bowden's going to be there. You know, you hope he looked pretty good as a freshman. So he, he, you know, Hugh Jackson's a good offensive mind too, by the way. So I, I think that that side of the ball is fine. Grambling's defense, you know, was stout for some of the season, but kind of fell off, you know, towards the latter part of the season. So he'll have some work to do. But you know, I'm a Grambling knight. I'm gonna support whomever the next head coach, and I'm gonna support Hugh, Hugh Jackson. You know, he's got some work to do, and 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 we'll see. I mean, I've seen some pictures of him with some other folks on social media. So he's hitting the ground running. That's for sure. Y'all have to do. As my former instructor told me at Southern University, welcome to the class. Everybody has an A in this class as of today. Whether you keep that A <laughs> will be determined by you. Take a time out. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network along with Charles Edmund. We'll be right back after this quick timeout with uh, B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Tell them I'm a hungry. HBC. 
Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. ...to these colleges, and we have to fund our kids in these colleges, and we have to make sure our kids have seats in these colleges. What about HBCUs you you mentioned? Absolutely. You've got to fund them all, and you've got to make sure they're properly funded. You know, the real reason why I went after uh, Comcast and Charter, it it didn't have anything to do with my cable networks. It didn't. What happened was uh, a gentleman wanted to do the Black College Sports Network, in partnership with the HBCUs, Mm -hmm. and Comcast did not accept it. And that would have made a lot of money for these black colleges. Absolutely. And it would have educated the Black College Sports Network. This is what he wanted to do. That would have educated a lot of black kids. And when they didn't do that, that's when I came off the bench and said, okay, I'm going to light you up like a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. Okay? That was the real reason why I got into it was when I saw what happened with the Black College Sports Network, which I don't own. I just knew. Why did you buy it? I just knew. I may. I just knew that these black. <laughs> I like that talk. All right. I knew that these black colleges were going to benefit and these black kids were going to get the education mm-hmm. that they deserved and not have to pay. And that- for 200 200- years. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show. You're watching exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Charles Edman, guest co-host for this week. And now we've added B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. Last time I talked to B.J., he was in a mass of humanity at the <laughs> 2021 SWAC Football Championship. But he's, there, he's here now. Good morning. Well, good afternoon, boy. Got to get that right. It's <laughs> afternoon. It's afternoon, even in Central Standard Time. Uh, but good afternoon to you, BJ. Good afternoon, Carlos. How's it going? Oh, it's it's going. It's a great one to uh, be living in this exciting time. We've got coaches coming on the Western Division of the Southwest Athletic Conference Championship. You have Jackson State crowned as the 2021 SWAC Football Championship. I'm a fair guy. I'm objective. I give credit where credit is due. Jackson State, they're the champions. They got it done. They were consistent all year. But I want to hear what B.J. Jones uh, uh, has to say about uh, the SWAC championship and the coaching hires and one more potential hire 
in the Western Division. So you have the you have the floor, Mr. Jones. Well, I think Jackson State had a special season. I think that you know, um, you know, they went out in the summer and they, they got pieces that they needed. Um, and, and that football team really flowed, and I'm really impressed with the play of one Shador Sanders, freshman quarterback who did not have the best sweat championship game, but found a way to, to get it done. That defense for Jackson State is everything. Um, and this is one of the best defensive units that I've seen in the conference, uh, probably since maybe 2018 Alcorn, you know, 2017 Grambling, uh, you know, some of those defenses that we, you know, we think about in the conference. So um, shout out to Jackson State and that fan base um, has been amazing, um, you know, this year. So shout out to all the Tigers out there. I know they'll make Neely and 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 uh, Charles smile a little bit, uh, but uh, as far as the coaching hires, I mean, you you saw it, you know, get done. Uh, Southern University bring in Eric Dooley, um, longtime assistant there on, under Pete Richards, uh, up under Pete Richardson, um, guy that I'm very familiar with, um, a fan of, um, guy who was responsible for me being at Southern University. So, uh, you know, of course, I have nothing but positive things to say about Eric Dooley. Um, and, and it's nice to see him back home. Uh, you know, some things just fit. Um, mm-hmm. and I think Southern University and Avery Dooley is just, is, is just a, a great fit. And I think he's going to do great things at Southern University. Uh, so it's great to see him and then Mrs. Dooley and then the family back and uh, seeing him back in the fold with, you know, Coach Richardson. Uh, just a great thing there. And then you saw Grambling yesterday uh, welcoming in Hugh Jackson, um, who, you know, is another big name NFL guy. Uh, but people forget about the work that he's done on the collegiate level. With you know, he's recruited on the collegiate level, uh, brought in some big names at USC. Um, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see what both of those staffs uh, look like at Southern Air, as well as Grambling. And then I think that you know, with Purdue uh, being open, it's going to be interesting to see the route that they take. There were some rumblings about you know they wanted to vet Kevin Sumlin. Um, you, you hear rumblings about KJ Black, offensive coordinator at Florida A and M. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting SWAT Western Division uh, next year uh, with, with new faces and new places. And when you, you go to SWAT football media there, me and Charles often joke about this. Who you see one year, you may not see. The next year, you, you'll see uh, quite a few different uh, new faces. And then you'll see one that is not new, but he's in a new place, Coach Dooley coming from the West. So it, man, wow. And and I think adding Bethune and family, that just up the pressure even more. One of the top FCS conferences in America now. I'm sure Dr. McClellan would say one of the best conference, period. But it the stakes are now even higher. So with that being said, BJ, um, any grace period for Coach Dooley? And Coach Jackson, who has the, the biggest grace period? So I think with with you talking about grace period, I, th- I think for I think it's gonna be Hugh Jackson. Um, I think he's gonna get a little bit more grace period. Um, Southern has a lot of talent, has a lot of talent coming back, uh, and I, I think that uh, you know how Jaguar Nation is. We we want it now. It's like JT Wentworth, you know, it's my money and I want it now. Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah. You know, sometimes we can be a little bit unrealistic about those things. But I think that Hugh Jackson is going to get a little bit more leeway. Um, I think that Eric Dooley is walking into a, a good situation. Got a lot of talent. We know that the way that he recruits the state of Louisiana, the way he recruits, period, 
he's able to add to that talent. And if you look at Southern, their losses were all within, you know, a score, you know, a, a, a touchdown, a possession outside of two ball games. So if you can build on that, um, you know, the expectation, you know, expectations are high. And, and it's going to be interesting, but I think Coach Dooley is going to be dealing with the, the, the most person to do it and get it done right now. You talked about it, expectations, the instant gratification. Now you got to get it done. Uh, we've talked about, uh, BJ, also the salaries as far as what Coach Dew is getting, $310,000. I just got a personal text message. Praise the saying, uh, he's one of the highest paid coaches now. Talking about Coach Dewey, he expects him to win right away. But then you're looking at resources. Not only we know with the salaries, with the position coaches, are they allowing more money for recruiting? Oh, and let me throw this out. Coach Dooley has already talked about that's a big thing because I've saw on social media about certain teams or why they don't have names on their jerseys. Well, that's happened before. PJ, when you played with Southern, mm-hmm. and I'm just using that as one example. It had names on it is not, it's not something just came out of space and sat down. Oh, this is something for happen for the first time. No, but just threw, threw that out. Southern will have names on the back of the jersey. So all that to say different things that you have to put into making a program. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've got to do it. It's X's and O's, but it's also other factors involved in making a coach's um, error successful mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that one of the things that we get confused about when we start talking about intercollegiate athletics people just think you just get a coach you get some players you get a ball you roll it out there and there you go there are there are multi it's multifaceted when you start talking about intercollegiate athletics uh we start talking about the support staff you know training nutrition uh strength and conditioning uh there's more things than just meets the eye than what you see on saturday saturday is the finished product but to get there, man, there's a lot of hands and a lot of moving parts that you have to have in order to be successful. You look like you have something to say. You want to add to this uh, conversation? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think what you're seeing now, I mean, I mean, you talked about it last week. This is a good time to be a Jaguar fan because, you know, off the field, there's some infusion of monies that's coming into Southern University. Some of that's going to filter into Southern Athletics, even though we haven't seen shovels hit the dirt as of yet. But there's supposed to be an indoor practice facility. There's supposed to be expansion of Mumford Stadium. There's supposed to be other upgrades, and that's all a part of it too. Now, I mean, let's you know, let's not let's not forget that that what recruiting is about is about the program, is about what what you see with the eye, the eye candy. And so for Southern University, dudes walking in at a great time. You know, you got a program with a great fan base. And if you get these infrastructure improvements, that's going to help it as well. So I, I think it's it's really, it's a really, really good time, you know, to be a Southern Jaguar. And I think for other programs, Jackson State, you see what, what's going to happen there and improvements in their, you know, practice facility, maybe an indoor type of thing there. Um, so you're seeing that. And at Grambling, you know, I think it's going to be some work to do. But I think, you know, uh, Mr. Gallo, uh, and the administration there will try to make improvements. I think Hugh Jackson will probably throw that out there as well. As a Grambling night, I hope that happens as well. So I think all those things, it's just more about X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's. It's about what you see with the, with the naked eye as well that will help get more talent 
into those athletic programs. And BJ, ultimately, it'll go to the ADs with those decisions. You know, he he brings a, a name, a name names to the boards, or you know, in, in Grandma's case, a board as well. So, the decisions that they've made, if it doesn't work, it ultimately falls back on the director of athletics. Yeah, I mean, that's a pressure seat. You know, one thing about being the AD, um, people may miss the softball hire. They may miss the volleyball hire. They ain't going to miss the football hire. If you get that one wrong, you can do all the other ones right, and people are going to want, want you gone. Um, so it's very important that you get this one right, particularly in, in, in this, this day and time in the, in, the, in the conference, Carlos, because you see what's going on at Jackson State. And anytime you have a program that jumps out in front like that and they do it quickly, a lot of people want to chase the rabbit. And the, the, the problem that you have with that, you can make a misstep in a hire and it sets your program back five, six years. It's just one misstep. So it's very important that you get these hires right, especially during, during this day, this time, this age in the conference and where we are. And, and I would also add to that, BJ, that you could, you could also have a misstep in a fire. You know, <laughs> well, I think, I mean, hey, just go back a decade when you had a coach named Rick Comedy who made it to two SWAC championship games. He got fired, and that was a misstep, and that program was set back for a decade. So to your point, you can have a misstep in a hire. You can have a misstep in a fire, and you get set back. And I think now you can't have missteps now in this conference with what we got going on right now. You know, I think Mississippi Valley, we talked about it in the last hour, keeping dancing. I think that was a good a good decision, a solid hire, a solid situation. So I think, and Carlos, you've talked about it. You know, you're prepared to take some steps back in a, in a hire. But you got to keep in mind, if you take five steps back, other teams are going to take 10 steps forward. You're going to be even further, fall further behind. So I think this was a good hire for Southern. I think it was a good hire for Grambling to keep things where they are to where it's solid enough, you're on solid footing, to where you can build on it. And, and even go faster than where you were before. You know, the great thing about this, guys, we all have our opinions, our expert analysis, you guys more so than me. But time will tell. We'll revisit this three or four years from now, and we'll see. Wow, Carlos was way off on this prediction. Well, that's happened before. Not many times, but it has. Um, and speaking of that, Celebration Bowl coming up. Jackson State and South Carolina State. BJ, the early line is Jackson State's favorite, but kind of give us an early peek. What are going to be some of the interesting matchups in, in, in this ball game? Um, interesting matchup is going to be Dakobe Durant facing off against the top receiver from Jackson State. Uh, Dakobe Durant, one of the top uh, corners um, in the conference, uh, not only in the conference, but in the nation. Um, I think he already has a senior bowl invite. This is a guy that is predicted to play on Sunday. MIAC, defensive player of the year. He can do it all. But Jackson State got a lot of receivers. Um, I expect Dakota Durant to follow the best one, probably Malachi Wideman, um, or, or uh, uh, the kid, uh, number seven. Uh, but it's going to be all up to what can South Carolina State do defensively to slow, slow Jackson State down? And can South Carolina State muster enough offense uh, to, to put some points on the board against 
uh, Jackson State. I think defensively, South Carolina State, when they are hitting, they're one of the be- better defenses that you'll see. The question with South Carolina State is always offensively. Can they score enough points to make, the, make this a ball game? And defensively, they're going to have to get some turnovers, uh, create some short fields for that offense, because I don't see anybody just driving the ball down Jackson State's throat. It hadn't happened all year. Um, so that's going to be the key to the ball game. And if you're Jackson State, staying away from the turnover, pro- protecting Shador Sanders, and trying to get some semblance of a run game. You saw him do it a week ago. Uh, finally had a back to go over 100 yards. Uh, can they do that again against South Carolina State? Because if South Carolina State makes you one-dimensional, and with the defensive ends that they have, they know you're throwing the ball, it's going to be tough. And that's key, Charles. I mean, one thing what BJ said that stands out, can, can for the second game in a row, can Jackson State get that running game? If, if the running game is improved and much better, Offensively, they're totally different. They're not one-dimensional. Yep, and, and we you've talked about it, and we've talked about it all year for years. You've got to have a good running attack, you know. Mm-hmm. And and Jackson State won the game last week with their quarterback going eight of sixteen passing. He did not have a great game. He's a freshman now, so I mean, he's going to look like a freshman at times, and other times he's played well enough to, to get it done. I.e., Southern University, i.e., Alabama A and M. If this is if South Carolina State can find ways to score more than 21 points, and Deion Coach Sanders said it, you know, we can hold them under 21. We got them. If South Carolina State's offense is rolling, I think it's going to be tough for Jackson State. But if that defense of JSU, that front four comes to play, I think Jackson State will find a way on special teams and, and other ways to find a way to win the game. Um, I do think, you know, Jackson State's going to win the game. I just think that defense is too good. Um, I think South Carolina State's not going to be able to get much done offensively. So I, I think for JSU, this, this defense is something special, something nasty. They harass you. They get after the quarterback. They do that. The special teams makes a big player, too. They're going to win the game. And, and, B.J., have you seen, you know, and I'd rather for you to say this, what I'm about to ask, how many times has Jackson State been pushed where they had to just come from behind and win. I, I know one game <laughs> that was in the city I'm in, <laughs> but any other times where they had to push themselves to overcome? No, not really. No, not, not this year. They played some tough close games. You know, Mississippi Valley was a, a struggle for them. Uh, Texas Southern challenged them until late. Uh, but but the biggest challenge this year has been down in Baton Rouge. Um, against Southern, and and they found a way to make it happen. Uh, And if you're South Carolina State, you want to push this to a a fourth-quarter game where you give yourself a shot, uh, where you put all the pressure on Jackson State because you're pretty much playing with house money. Boy, my chest hurt just just thinking about the past. I mean, it was there for the taking. There for the taking, BJ. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you let it get away. Unbelievable. I think if that game's played next year in the same site, correct me if I'm wrong, but you won't have a one-dimensional offense at Southern University. This no. we know. So it, it, it's going to be interesting how all of this um, happens next year, fall 2020, 
two. And then football, of course, is king. BJ, FAMU will be tremendous. Jackson State will still be tremendous. Alabama and I I wouldn't say a question mark, but uh, I'm interested to see where they will be in 2022. And then on the Western side, oh, my goodness, it's just, I mean, all corn. I, Charles, I'm saying this, subpar for according to their standards. Southern, of course, sub, subpar. Prairie View did great. And then on a losing streak, but they were much better making it to the Western Division Championship. I think the West is wide open, BJ and Charles. Am, am I am I wrong? Am I totally off base on that? It's wide open. Wide open. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be yeah. watching all corn. I got I got <laughs> going on as well. That's Jackson State. Well, I mean, look, I mean, for the first time in what six years, probably we've had we're gonna have a quarterback that didn't get snaps in the previous year. You go back to Felix Harper, Noah Johnson, Lenore Footman, John Gibbs. All, John Gibbs, of course, came in as a freshman. Footman, Noah Johnson, Harper, they had snaps the previous year, so they already were acclimated. You're going to have a quarterback at Alcorn State University for the first time in five or six years that, with no snaps the previous year. So that's, that's going to be something to watch as you try to grow and develop that offense. So that what makes the West even more so, the fact that you look at what the Braves are doing, new coaches at Prairie View, Texas uh, Prairie View, Grambling, uh, you know, Southern. You just – I think it's going to be wide open. You just never know. I mean, I, I do think Doobie's going to get that thing going quicker uh, than than people think. Uh, and I thought it was a good hire. You know, what's going to happen with McDaniel? Who is he going to bring in to, to challenge him? I think that's going to be a big question there. Um, but I think McDaniel's serviceable to, to, to Dooley's liking. I would think you guys know more about that than me. But uh, he's, he's the guy. Oh, I see you, you guys. Look at my facial expression. Uh, <laughs> uh oh, I, I don't know about that. I, I, I say competition is a good thing, BJ. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> you got two other quarterbacks that you hadn't seen on the roster, and I know for a fact now, Duke is already offered in the JUCO race quarterback receivers. He's coming to war with weapons when he's known to do so. Um, McDaniels might be. And there's also there's also a young man. I'm, I'm not. I know he was committed to Southern University right here in Atlanta, Georgia, named Tyler Hughes. Uh, all state, all state, seven A in Marietta High School. Um, Tyler Hughes is the type of kid that can come in and play immediately. He's that good. He's gonna be playing the Georgia Florida All Star Game. Uh, all state two years in a row at at seven A competition. So he. Had to beat out the quarterbacks from Grayson and Milton and some of those SEC type uh, quarterbacks. Uh, Tyler Hughes is one of those kids. If, if, if we can keep a hold on, he's in Baton Rouge uh, next year. Look out! Look out! Proof of over 3,400 yards and rushed for a little under 700 yards. Mm-hmm. True, true. As I've said before, dual threat quarterback, not an athlete playing at quarterback. Dual threat, my definition is one who can do both equally well, pass it and utilize his athleticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Phyllis Harper kind of fitted that, uh, Charles. And uh, no, I'm not going to feel sorry. Welcome. <laughs> All I'm going to say is welcome to not having that 
experience, it, it it could be tough, but I'm sure McNair, Coach McNair will get it done some kind absolutely, of way. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out for sure. Yeah, he, he's a tremendous coach and uh, a, a nice guy. Everybody says he's kind of, you know, no nonsense, but if you get you talk to him when the mic's not on, he 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 shows another side. I talked to him in Birmingham, and uh, I'll just leave it at that because I have been accused, uh, accused of tampering with other coaches <laughs> because everybody knows, uh, you know, I'm a Southern guy, right? So I, I, I'll leave it at that. BJ, appreciate the time. Um, quickly, tell everyone about your show on, on the Black College Sports Network. Hey, Black College Sports Network, tomorrow night we'll be uh, recapping the Celebration Bowl, kind of diving into these coaching hires. Uh, you can catch it right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, make sure you turn in either Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, the MyJBN app. Um, do that um, air on Sunday. Sometimes I'll move it to Tuesday. It all depends on how I'm traveling looking uh, for the week. Also, man, t- uh, Tuesday night we do a Spaces on Twitter. Uh, we go in, man, we talk, you know, HBCU football from the SWAC to the CIAA to the SIAC to the MEAC uh, and everything in between. So we do that on Tuesday nights, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. Um, and you can usually catch me Saturdays right here with this man, Carlos Brown and and uh, uh Charles over there, man, my, my good Alcorn man who's having the <laughs> uncharacteristic season. Usually he's getting ready to come to Atlanta around about now. So, man, we got to we check on Charles uh, and, and, and make sure he's all right this time of year. I think we'll be crying together. <laughs> <laughs> BJ, appreciate it. Have a great weekend. We'll talk next week. All right, thank you for having me. All right, that was B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. Let's take a quick timeout. We're overdue. We'll give the remaining 20 minutes to Charles and my next guest, Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama. And I want to talk about some uh, big wins, one in particular in the conference. That's Texas Southern over the Florida Gators. You're watching the Black College Sports Network. No, you're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us.
Welcome back to the final segment of the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. I said in reverse. I apologize for that. I'm joined by Charles Evan of the Encore State Radio Network. And now Coach Van Petaway in that beautiful maroon. Maroon and black are my two favorite colors. You know that? Uh, Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama and them. Coach Petaway, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. I'm used to saying good morning, but now it's a good afternoon. You doing well, Coach? Yeah, I'm doing fine, man. Uh, you're just enjoying basketball right now. Oh, and that's what we're going to talk about. Um, we always have uh, conversations about non-conference scheduling basketball, but the big win this past weekend, probably, I guess I'll leave it for the prognosticator to say, is this one of the top three biggest wins in SWAC history? I don't know, but uh, Texas Southern over Florida, 69 to 54, Coach, it, it, it was huge. Yeah, that's a huge win, Uh Coach does a very good job. He had his kids ready to play. Uh, Florida had to, evidently they were overlooking them uh, because Texas Southern's always, they played some close, close games all year. So evidently Florida was overlooking, but at the conference as a whole, we've got some nice division one wins. When you look at it, both on the men and the women's side, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of what the coaches are doing in a non-conference schedule because now everybody can't beat a top 20 team but we are beating teams that we match up with. In other words, Division One teams in, in other conferences uh, who are the same size as us, we've got some great wins on both sides of the ball, men and women. Um, with, with Southern University, I uh, got a chance to watch them against Tennessee State, a team right. with comparable talent. That was good. And then I saw them uh, this past week against Kentucky. Coach Woods goes home and, um, wow. Yeah, they held their own. Right, they held held their own. I watched that game also. But also, uh, you know, with with, uh, Southern, you know, they were able to to defeat Tulane 73-70 on on Tulane's home floor. So we've got some good wins. Jackson State was able to go in and beat Lafayette, uh, Louisiana Lafayette at their place. You've already mentioned uh, Southern over Tennessee State. Uh, Alcorn beat Milwaukee 61-57. So uh, Jackson State, again, they beat Illinois State. So on the men's side, uh, and then when we, when we play against uh, the MEAC, of course, uh, Gramlin has been able to, to get us a win uh, as they uh, won a MEAC game against Morgan State. So there have been some pretty nice wins. And now, of course, Alabama A&M opened their season by beating Tennessee State. But uh, Bethune-Cookman, Went up to uh, on the East Coast and beat Bryant on the men's side. So there's some good wins on on the men's side. But you can't forget about our ladies now. Uh, Alabama a and just had a super win as they beat uh, Sanford 72-47. Arkansas Pine Bluff, that's the team that we're going to watch in the squack now on the ladies' side because now they've, they've beaten Tulane 79-74. They also beat uh, uh, Southeast Missouri State 81-63. They also beat Southern Mississippi, uh, 76-57. And then, of course, Gremlin has two wins. They beat Northwestern and also Louisiana Monroe. And then, of course, Jackson State on the women's side beating, uh, beat Nichols State. So teams that, that are 
whose conferences are the same size as the SWAC, we're doing pretty good. So I think that's pretty good when you look at non-conference schedule. As our coaches have preparing these teams, they're getting their rotations down. They're doing the things that they're as they prepare for for uh, SWAC play. So I'm real proud of the effort that they've done on both sides. You know what? You're absolutely right, Coach Pedro and Charles. Now you won't have to have me ranting and raving about two and 14 records coming into conference play. That's all I was talking about, getting those good quality wins and they're improving. You won't hear a peep out of me. Only thing you'll hear is good job and expect more. But, hey, those are tremendous uh, success, and it just feels so much better going when it's time to go into conference play. Yeah, and I think it, it, it makes your team feel better, too. When you when you can go on the road in these tough venues and win, you know, you, you, you talked about Texas Southern. I mean, Johnny Jones has done a terrific job there over the years. Remember a few years ago, he beat Michigan State and Kansas State, you know, in, in that conference. And those wins are not only good for those programs, but those wins are obviously good for the conference because what we're dealing with right now is what's going to happen in March in terms of where right. we're going to be come, come, come tournament time. We're going to be a playing game opponent, or we're going to be a 16 seed, or 15 seed, or 14 or 13. All that's being determined in this conference right now. So yeah. if we can continue to win some of these games throughout the conference, not just one or two teams, not just Texas Southern. We all have to win collectively to improve our RPI in the conference, and that will get us out of that playing game. I've been a part of that. That's tough on a short turnaround. Being a 16 seed, that's tough. But a 15, a 14, a 13, I think your chances are a little bit better. And that's being determined right now. So we got about, what, three weeks left. Conference play starts January 3rd. So I think if we continue on, on the upward trend, I think I think we'll continue to improve our RPI. Allcourt, I think, probably has one of the toughest schedules down the stretch. Got Minnesota. Got the national champions, Baylor. Um, you got Wichita State. You got Tulsa coming up. Um, so, you know, we got some tough games, and if we can win some of those, that'll help elevate the conference even more. So I, I think we're doing a real good job. With a few weeks left, I hope we can win some more. Coach, we've often talked about it. It's how you schedule. You can schedule smart. You don't have to load your non-conference schedule up with as so many, I'll just put it this way, uh, money games, guaranteed games. Are you seeing now teams are – starting to look at trying to schedule a little bit smarter with their non-conference right. schedule? I, I think you can see that, that they're, they're scheduling uh, smarter. They're, they're scheduling against teams whose conferences are the same size as the SWAC. And I think that – and then we're seeing the results. That's why we've got so many non-conference wins uh, this early in the season because, you know, normally we don't, we don't see a lot of wins before, before conference play. But, the, but they're doing that, and Charles is absolutely correct. What you're doing now is you're playing for what's going to happen in March. We, we, the overall conference APR has to move up so that you can get out of that, that play-in game. And this is one of the ways to do that by playing against, by winning some of these non-conference games. I would agree. I'm visiting with Charles Edmond of the All-Course State Radio Network and Coach Van Petaway, uh, former men's basketball coach at Alabama. And if, Coach, is it Safe to say, can we break news now that uh, you uh, will officially be the basketball consultant analyst for the Coles Brown Show, or 
do we have to have more discussions? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a hard contract. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. We're, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. I look forward to it. Uh, anytime you can talk about uh, basketball, I'm, I'm all for it. And then especially uh, SWAC basketball because, you know, some of my uh, most enjoyable times have been in the SWAC. And uh, I look forward to it. And I look forward to uh, seeing most of the teams as I'll be back in the saddle this year uh, doing the color for the Alabama and them Bulldogs. So I'll be, uh, I get a chance to see all the teams live, uh, whereas last year everything was, was through video or, or anytime that they stream games, ESPN3, whatever they were doing, I was there. So, But the, it's a different story when you get to see them live. And now back to travel, and I, I, I surely enjoy uh, over the past, uh, I guess, year or so talking about getting those inside traveling. And, and one of the things that you told was so interesting. Now, uh, Charles, I'm not going to pick on Alcorn, but he told me the trip to Alcorn, you know, somebody asked, where where did the team stay? And, you know, you're on that Saturday, Monday situation. Coach, I think you said Vicksburg was the, the best location to uh, Mississippi to to uh, have your team to, to be at to play Alcorn? Right. We would stay in Vicksburg and play Alcorn. And then after the game, we would move on to Southern. Uh, we, we would travel that night and we were going into uh, Baton Rouge uh, for that for that Monday game uh, on Saturday. But uh, that's just every, – every team has to go through that. You're going to either pick there or um, there's a, there was another city on the other side that had too many casinos. So uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> we, we had to try to stay away from that. But, uh, it, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's, it's good, and it was, it was always fun, and it was just great to learn how – what was the best way to maneuver when you had to go in there? Well, well Coach, let, let me ask you this question. You, you know with Bethune and FAMU coming in, the travel partners have changed. It's Alcorn and Jackson State now that are travel partners. Uh, Grambling and Southern are travel partners. I think everything right. else Right, I know. So, what, so my, my, my travel plans have changed. Yeah, my travel yeah. plans have changed. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> wow. I, 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 no, that's going to be interesting. You're right, Charles, because – I could always get, you know, a little information from Charles, but, you know, because all Corner Southern were travel partners. But now you're with your arch rivals and Southern Grammar. It won't be any information. I, no, I'm just kidding. They're, they're, <laughs> they'll share some information. But that that is going to be interesting. And, and, and Coach Petaway, I, I think now with, you know, some success in non-conference games, I really believe that the races on both sides are going to be – Tremendous and those uh, preseason predictions. I got a chance to see Bethune Cookman win. Right, you know, I think it's going to be a dog fight on both sides. I I agree with you one hundred percent. I had a chance to see Bethune against North Carolina State, and you know they held their own. They were in that they were in that basketball game until late. Uh, so I, I think the predictions. I, I think with the, both Florida schools because. Our coaches and SIDs had not really seen them uh, up close and in person. I think the predictions were off a little bit, but I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to be a very competitive year. Uh, The top three, I think they have come closer to the pack. 
So it's going to be a very interesting race. Uh, but predictions, I think you can throw them out the window. And Charles, I agree. And then also, Charles, uh, we've talked about this before. Coaches and SIDs pick the, you know, the prediction uh, auto finish and the players, uh, you know, all-conference preseason. Is it time now to have another segment to be on that voting block? Yeah, uh, I, I do believe that that's going to happen. And just for a little history, the uh, the preseason and postseason teams are decided by the coaches and the SIDs. And that decision is made by the coaches. In order for other media people to be involved in on that process, the coaches would have to allow that to happen. They'd have to take a vote. I have been a steadfast of getting some media people, talk show hosts, radio people, people that have seen all these games on the ballot to, to, to be a voter. I think that's going to happen. Um, it's not a matter of if, but when. I've had some discussions with some people in the SWAC office about it, and I, I think it, it will happen. And I think it needs to happen because you, you, you want to get a good ballot because I hear the griping for every sport you know, all the time, every year, you, you hear it. And you're going to have that even in a perfect world. But I think you want to get more variety of folks involved, people that see these games more often, and I think you're going to see that. So to answer your question, yes, the coaches and SIDs only vote, but I do think over a short period of time it's going to expand to involve more broadcasters, media people, podcasters, people who follow the conference on a regular basis. What do you think, Coach Bedouin? I think it's a great idea. I've always said that we needed another voice out there uh, to rate our players and the teams in the league. So, uh, you know, if, if it's going to take a vote from the coaches, that vote needs to be made because I think we need that. Coach, if I could, let me switch. I always like to pick your brain with the next level, and that's in the NBA. NBA, And I, and I kind of – I'm not going to dominate with my favorite NBA team. Although they've had some injuries, that's part of the part of uh, of the game. But closer to home, Zion Williams, fractured foot. Um, is it time for him to maybe hire a nutritionist or you know someone like that? Because apparently, you know, I, it's one thing to have bad luck, but I think it's I think Mr. Williams can can just be better and do better as far as the things off the court that will help him on the court. Cause they're going to tie it ties in together. Well, I, yeah, I, I think he has to do like so many other guys have already, they made an investment in their bodies uh, with him just not coming in the league. He doesn't understand that yet, but if he's going to have a career that's going to last any time, he he's got to, he's got to take that next step. And that, that not only with that uh, nutritionist, you know, with a trainer that's going to, make him do what he needs to do. Evidently, the training that he has now, he's not reaching him. So he might need to change. I, I think um, the people that have his best interests at heart, they need to look at who he's working with right now. Because in order, in order for him to stay healthy and stay on the floor, he's got to retool his body. I can think of another um, player, Charles. I mean, he's had success, but he's been injury prone. Anthony Davis, Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, just talented. I mean, it, when he's on this game, you just – him and the Slim Reaper, they're on. 
Yep. He he has some things that he has to do. Slim Reaper, Kevin Durant. Right, right. Well, I, I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, and with Anthony Davis, he's he's got a great example right there with him on the Lakers. Uh, LeBron spends a lot of money on his body on taking care of that temple, and he needs to. They need to share some information. I would agree. I would agree, Charles. Yeah, I mean, I saw a picture of Zion Williamson uh, at I think it was in in the. In the Smoothie King Arena, walking up the steps, and he looked as as, as big as a building. I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's it's unfortunate. It, it it really is because he's a great talent. When he was a little slimmer, he was productive. He was an awesome force and can still be that. Um, I do think he needs to revamp his team. I do think he needs to get more nutritionists on board and just people in general that's going to tell him some things he doesn't want to hear. Right. If he wants to be a good, a good NBA player. That I mean, that's what all of us. You want people going to tell you what you don't want to hear, and you know it's unfortunate because the Pelicans need that need that name. You know, you had Drew Brees; he retired from the city of New Orleans, one of the big sports figures. Zion could have been close to that, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if Zion's going to be there long term. Um, so I mean, but he's got to get his body right in order for him to be right. And right now, something ain't right somewhere. Yep. Almost Coach Petaway, just a theory. Maybe he doesn't want to be there, and he's like, okay, this is a way to get out. As far as I'm not talking about the injury part, but just the other things that he could uh, be doing better. But that's just a theory. But people, the prognosticator says they, they don't think he's going to be in New Orleans much longer when that comes. Well, I think he, he's taking the wrong approach because, you know, I think he's going to have more teams that are a little leery about taking him. Because he has been so injury prone. If he wants to get out, the best way to do that, get himself in shape, let his plan do his talking. And then the other teams will, will be there. They'll want him. But I, I don't I don't see too many GMs that are willing to take that chance on a big time contract and he's so injury prone. And last but not least, Golden State Warriors. Team <laughs> to be. I, I think so, man. They, they're playing so well, and, and they're not even fully loaded yet. You know, they, they, still got, they still got people out, and if they're still playing well. I, I think when it, it's hard to overcome great shooting, and right now that's what they're showing you. They're showing you as a team that night in and night out, they can fill it up, and that's great basketball. That's the way the squack used to be. Great transition basketball. That's that's what that's what they're showing, and it still leads the way. To this point, Charles, I had a I had a, a Southern fan tell me one time, I'd rather exciting basketball, even if we lost. At least yep. it's exciting. I was like, okay. <laughs> but Charles, who, who's your NBA team? Um, you know, I always I've always been a Laker fan. You know, even with Kareem and Magic and Byron Scott and Pat Riley with the slick hair, oh, Shaq and the late Kobe, I've always been a, a Laker fan. And so, uh, you know, me for the Lakers, but I think the, the team that's the showtime of this generation is the Golden State Warriors. Golden State's about showtime. And I think the problem that they've had is defensively. But now, I mean, they're playing above the rim. Uh, you got – you got – Curry that can fill it up, you know, you got green, but but they're they're defending. And I think that's 
you know, when you when you can play defense and you got shooters like Golden State has, if they're on, they're pretty much unbeatable on most given nights if they stay healthy. Right. Now, Charles, do you think that uh, subconsciously you pull for the Lakers because their, their color scheme is close to the color scheme of Coach Treadway, that is a good question. That is a good question, and, and the answer is absolutely positively not. No. Okay. It, it, <laughs> it is, I am a Laker. I've always been a Laker fan. Kareem in the Skyhook and just going back and, and, and Byron Scott and Rambus and just – I'm just always like the Lakers. Yep. They, yep. Showtime was what, exactly what it was, Showtime. I really like it. Showtime. It was yep. Showtime. There will never be another Showtime. Even though Golden State is, is becoming a little bit of Showtime themselves, but, but they're doing it in, in other ways. They're just putting the ball in the basket. They're putting it in the hole. And yep. so I, I think that's – you know, and you don't have the uh, – you don't have the, the, the outgoing personalities like Magic and others. You got Curry and you got Green. You got, you know, that kind of a lunch pail crew. And so, you know, the Lakers are still my team. I think you got too many stars on that team. Um, LeBron is clearly showing his age. I love LeBron James. But I think you go from one extreme to the next. You know, LeBron had the the young pups in Cleveland. He had a little bit more veteran presence in Miami. He went back to Cleveland, a little bit more veteran presence. And now you got too many stars on that team. You know, and I think that's I think that's hurting them a little bit. They're not healthy. That's that's also a factor in it. But you know, you just wonder. You know, sometimes you can have too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, LeBron's the chef. I think I think you need to get a little bit younger and um, a little bit healthier. I, I think if they do that, you can't bet against LeBron. That's that's for sure. But you just wonder, can LeBron and AD carry this team again with the pieces that they have? I'm not so sure, especially with Golden State, with Milwaukee. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a lot of miles on that team. It's, it's a lot of miles on those tires of LeBron James. Right. And then don't don't sleep on Phoenix. The Suns are playing really oh, well. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, and absolutely. Last, and last but not least, I think the sixth man of the year comes from my team, Tyler Hero. Coach Bedaway, he's on – well, he was on fire – as of late, and uh, when you talk about culture, that's the heat, and hungry, that's the heat. Just got to get a few people healthy, one being bound. Yeah, well, they shoot, he, Tyler, t- t- uh, hero shooting a basketball, and, you know, a lot of times when you have a good, a great shooter, you can overcome a lot of things during the course of a game. Big win this week against Milwaukee, depleted. No Bam, no Jimmy Butler. You know, one thing about Miami Heat, you're going to have to beat them. Yep. They're, they're not going to be scared. That culture is one that um, I'm attracted to. Coach Petaway. Yes. Pleasure having you on, sir. And we'll talk again next week. It's basketball time after the last football game as far as the conference is concerned. That'll be over. Uh, next Saturday after the Celebration Bowl. But appreciate the time. Have a great week weekend and continue to be safe. All right, guys. Look forward to talking to you guys again. That was Coach Van Petaway, uh, former men's basketball coach at Alabama and m Now the uh, basketball analyst for the Carlos Brown Show. Locked into another one-year contract. <laughs> uh, I want to thank um, 
Roy, back in studio producing today's show. Everyone who tuned in, who's chatting about the show, we appreciate it. Remember, like and subscribe to the Black College Sports Network as well. Charles, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk again next week. Make sure you tune in next Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time for the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Carlos, yes, I'm sir. Sorry. I'm sorry to jump in. Did you want to, did you, since we got your folks on now, do you want to shift your show up in a couple hours? I just thought about it because the Celebration Bowl actually starts at noon. Yeah, that's not a problem. I'm always a team player. We'll be going earlier next week then. Is that what you're uh, asking? I was asking if you wanted to. Yeah. That way you don't miss the first half of Celebration Bowl. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll be in discussion on that. That sounds okay. like that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Roy, producing today's show, and he does a great job at the Black College Sports Network. Uh, you know, I, I call him the CEO, hardest working, along with you, Charles in black college sports and sports period. So we'll, we'll send out a notice, you know, via social media about the change in, in time until next Saturday, as always, peace and God bless.